This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, we have packed a few different shows together that we call Highlights to help you to get the most bang for your time and educating you on the topics that you want to learn from. We would love to hear from you. I am grateful that you are with us today. Have a blessed day. Are you ready to take the next step in your multifamily investing career? The time has never been better than now. Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop is a comprehensive live training course that will help increase your skills, knowledge, confidence as an investor before you invest. This workshop is a unique experience that provides hands-on instruction and guidance directly from Mark Kinney, who has completed over 100 multifamily syndications valued at over $1 billion. This course goes beyond theory as you will be presented with real case studies and practice scenarios to work out in class. By the end of the training, you will have significantly improved your ability to evaluate deals quickly, make informed decisions, and take your investing skills to the next level with confidence. For more information and to register for Think Multifamily's Deal Analysis Workshop, go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W, use code Whitney100 to save $100. The Deal Analysis Workshop is designed for both beginner and experienced investors. Whether you are looking for a foundational understanding of how to analyze multifamily investments or looking for fresh insight on how to pivot your analysis method, for this current market cycle, this is a workshop you have been looking for. Register today at thinkmultifamily.com forward slash D-A-W. Use code Whitney100 to save $100. Our guest is Kevin McGrath. Thanks for being on the show, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for having me, Whitney. Glad to be here. Yeah, Kevin began his commercial real estate career in 2007. And in that time... He's been involved in leasing, acquisition, and disposition of more than $1 billion in industrial real estate throughout the United States. Kevin had a successful 12-year career as a senior vice president with CBRE specializing in industrial brokerage, and in 2019, switched to investing full-time as he became the principal with Cardinal Industrial, an owner and operator of 12 million square feet of industrial property. He is deeply passionate about investing in real estate as he sees it as a vehicle to produce passive income that's creating time freedom. Kevin, welcome to the show. I mean, you have a great background and I know you're going to be a great guest. Looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, I just want, I want to hear a little about your background, how you transitioned from CBRE to getting in as a, a passive and also active, but then just your specialized niche to an industrial how it's been working right now, you know, through COVID, pre versus post COVID. But get us started a little bit with your background and your movement into the active space. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on again, Wendy. I got started in real estate, commercial real estate in 2007, like, like you said, in brokerage in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from originally. And my, my niche at the time was, was, or still is, what was industrial real estate. When I got into it, Wendy, I didn't know anything about industrial. It just so happened that the team I interviewed with, I got along with them well. Our personalities meshed and they had a spot on their team for a junior broker. So in a way, I just kind of fell into industrial. And I'm sitting here where I am today. I'm glad I did. There were certainly some some bumpy times getting started because I started in 2007, had a, a, a one year of salary, then came off salary in the fall of 2008, which if, if you remember, that, that was when the, the market collapsed and the start of the, the Great Recession. So it was not a great time to get started in, in real estate, especially coming off of salary going on to 100% commission 
but was able to fight through it to persist. And it was really helpful to have two senior level partners who helped me a lot and were great mentors for me and continued with a a successful brokerage career. And fast forward to uh, about 2018, I got the bug to start investing passively in real estate. I was tired of my money not doing much in the stock market. I was investing conservatively in index funds and it really wasn't going anywhere. And I wanted some passive income that I could really provide kind of a safety net or, or a cushion because of the grind of, of, of brokerage where you're starting over every year at zero. And I got started in, uh, like I said, in, in 2018, had some friends who were her syndicators full time, started learning more about what they were doing, all the tax advantages that, that were involved. And I knew that this is what, something that I wanted to get into full time. And, and I, I made the leap about really the spring of 2019 when I left CBRE and joined Cardinal Industrial, which owns about 12 million square feet of, of industrial across the country, mainly in the Midwest and the Southeast. And it's been a great ride since. Nice. Well, grateful just to hear some of your story. I find that most of us didn't have a direct path to, to becoming an operator or buying a large commercial real estate. You know, there's some something else we were doing or something that led us there. It wasn't like you're five years old, typically thinking, you know what, I'm going to be a syndicator. So, uh, you know, it's interesting just to hear your story and definitely a, a great background to become an operator and get into this space. No doubt about it. Let's dive into just the industrial world a little bit. And I know you said you fell into it as a junior broker, but even at that point, you know, obviously that's post COVID and all that stuff, you know, why industrial versus, you know, multifamily or senior living or, you know, anything else, all the other asset classes that you could have, could have gotten into? Well, I I think what what industrial has done, and I'll talk about it post COVID kind of where we are today and not to pit one against the other, because I still invest passively in multifamily. There's several great vehicles to, to invest in f- throughout the, the different sectors in, in commercial real estate. But I think what industrial has proved over the last six, eight months and since COVID, how resilient it is. Supposedly right now, we're, we're in a recession, but in my world, it's anything but. It's probably as, as active or competitive today than it's ever been any time over the last 20 years. And a lot of that is because of e-commerce. You've probably read a lot about it or heard a lot about e-commerce and I'm sure you've had a lot of hands-on experience buying goods and services over the, the internet. And that's been the absolute game changer for industrial. We can talk more about that in, in some of the, the stats Please. and research that, that have come out since COVID. At the end of 2019, e-commerce, it accounted for roughly about 15% of all retail sales. It was growing at about a 15% clip year over year for the last 10 years. So it was really steady growth. And what COVID has done is really accelerated that. This year, in the 12 months since, e-commerce now is going to account for about 25% of all retail sales. So there was a huge jump because of COVID because people couldn't get out and shop and they were forced to, to buy products online. And I think what we're going to see through the holidays, this, this holiday season is, is even more of a jump. I mean, it, it's going to be absolutely going gangbusters for these retailers and the amount of they call it adoption, how many new users are coming and buying things online. And th- there's a stat that recently came out that e-commerce sales are projected to, to hit about $700 billion this year. By 2025, that number is going to go up to $1.5 trillion. And what that means, Whitney, is that $800 million delta is going to create a demand of 1 billion square feet of industrial space that's going to be needed. 
And it's such a huge, significant number because it doesn't matter if it's industrial, multifamily, or office. What drives an investors and what we do is tenant demand. You need tenant demand. And that's what e-commerce is giving industrial real estate is just significant tenant demand that the developers really can't keep up building enough warehouse space before it gets absorbed. Can you talk about that tenant just a little bit? Maybe just how that's changed over the last year or two and then through COVID or COVID or maybe how you see that changing over the next few years as there's such a demand. Is it more just warehouse space now or, you know, was it, are there other types of tenants that you're looking for? The biggest driver again is e-commerce and e-commerce users. And, and again, this, this could be the Amazon, Walmarts, any retailer that has an online presence could be, it could be considered an e-commerce user or occupier. They account for about 25% of the overall industrial base or industrial users. So it's still, it's only about a fourth of all industrial users. And what we're seeing is it's really the rising tide lifts all boats theory that these e-commerce users are growing at such a clip. It's creating such demand that these other industrial tenants, such as uh, you know manufacturers, it could be retailers, but retailers that are distributing to stores. It could be third-party logistics companies, which are, if you're not familiar, they are basically when a company outsources their warehousing or their logistics, they are having to go out and find space and compete with these e-commerce companies. And what it's doing, it's raising rental rates and it's causing these other users to go out and lease space that these e-commerce companies are not. So they're being driven down to the class B product and the e-commerce users, a lot of them are occupying only class A product. What's the biggest risk right now? Let's, and let's say for a passive investor, you know, when investing with an operator that's, that's purchasing industrial property. I would say that the biggest risk is a lot of the, the industrial buildings. I shouldn't say a lot. I mean, it, it just depends which type of product. But what we acquire mainly, Whitney, is, is single tenant assets least long-term to, to credit-worthy tenants. And sometimes when the lease expires, tenants don't renew. So I, I would say that that's probably the biggest downside is if, if, if you're investing in a single-tenant asset and the tenant does not renew and moves out. Now, having said that, we go into a deal when we acquire it, knowing that this could happen. So we, we set aside a significant amount of reserves and then also the tenant must give us notice typically six to nine months before the lease expires if they're going to renew or not. So that six or nine months is kind of a buffer where it allows us to go out and try to lease the property out to another tenant. Our guest is Yeshire Breslauer. Thanks for being on the show, Yeshire. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. At the age of 36, he made a radical career change from a teacher to becoming CEO of a real estate development investment company. He had led several acquisitions, both on the GP end as well as on the LP end, into deals ranging between $3 million to $300 million, from condo development to student housing to office and retail. Recently started a new commercial real estate podcast called CRE Shark Eye Show. So, Yishai, thanks for being on this show. Grateful to have you and get to know you and be able to share your story and encourage the listeners and myself. But get us started a little little bit, maybe with a little bit of your background, but it's a massive decision, right? Move from this career, you know, you've probably been in for many years and then take just a massive pivot. But let's get into that. Give us some background and let's dive in. Right. So basically, just as you say, being, being for many, many years a teacher, especially loving 
being a teacher. Until today, it was one of the best things I've ever done, meaning it was really fun being a teacher. But at a certain point, and I was already at the age of 35 at the time, you know, you realize that your finances need to change. Something needs to change in your life. And I started looking around and a friend of mine, it all started really with a friend just bumping into me and he said, hey, do you want to join? I started taking this course, you know, would you like to join me? And I was like, what is it? And he said, listen, it's about doing the right thing with your money and about investing. And I was like, what? You know, a teacher, what, what, you know, what is that about? And it sort of flew out of my head and he started talking to me about rich dad, poor dad, meaning that was the first, I would say, thing that I've ever heard of. Just a week and a half later, I'm playing basketball and I landed on my, I don't play basketball anymore, just full disclosure, meaning I'm too old already, meaning shooting hoops with my son, that's it. But at the time, I just landed on my foot and I tore my ligaments. It was pretty bad. And lying down in bed, leg up, you know, can't do anything. And I started watching YouTube videos. At the time, it was a new thing, by the way. And I started getting introduced to it. So anyways, make the story short. I started getting into this whole thing called real estate. I started falling in love with the idea of real estate. I started taking, and once I got better, I started taking courses. And courses of basic stuff like single family homes and, you know, the regular stuff that pretty much everybody does. I had always that dream that I want bigger. I wanted like the big real estate. I didn't even know it's called commercial real estate. I knew that I want the bigger thing. So I got into that and eventually I started investing on my own a little bit. It started with, again, my own house, second floor I built and I got into the construction the whole thing. And I said, I want this career. I don't know how, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I was already 36, like you said. And I said, how am I going to change that? And I went to a consultant and I said to him, listen, uh, this is the guy, you know, from the academy, this informal academy that I took the real estate courses in. So listen, I don't want only to invest on my own. I really want a career in real estate. I want it all in. That's what I want to do. I want to be all in in this whole thing. So he says to me, listen, Ishai, you know, with all due respect, you have a beautiful resume as a teacher and as an educator. Stay there. Just do that. Don't do anything else. Just stay there because you have zero chance to make it. You have zero experience in business, no training in business, nothing, nothing to do with real estate, obviously, except of your own investing. And that's it. And he burned me up. So he told you not to do it. That seems horrible. <laughs> he said, yeah, he said, listen, with all due respect, you know, just quote unquote, give up. I was burned up, you know? And I said, I'm going to prove him wrong. Start calling everybody I know. Who can introduce me? I had in mind a few big real estate companies and someone actually knew someone who knew someone, you know how it works. And I got a meeting with that very large development company. And I said, can you get me? I went with a guy into the meeting to the vice president of the company was the vice president of marketing and sales. And I said, listen, I'll start from the bottom. Just give me a chance. Let me start. And he says to me, you have zero experience, no business experience, zero experience in sales. You don't know anything about real estate, meaning except your courses and your own investing. But in terms of the corporate world and being a part of it, you have no idea. And you want to work here. And I said, yeah, I'm not going to let you down. Just give me a chance, et cetera. And he says, let me see your resume again. He looks at my resume. He said, you know something? You're hired. I'm like, what? And he said, I'm looking at your resume. You've been to every, because my previous job required students basically from all over North America. So he said, you have the connections to the type of clients that we need here. 
So I'm going to teach you everything you need to know about real estate and construction and planning and this and, and sales, et cetera. And I got in there. And that was my, I would say, the first dip into the world of real estate. Did that mean leaving your teaching career right then? I mean, like by getting hired, that meant I am leaving this career that you've probably been doing for what, 10 or 15 years at that point? 13 years, yes. And I left. I just walked out. It was pretty weird. And I got some emails from colleagues saying, what? You're leaving? You know, you're nuts. Yeah, but that was it. I mean, that was the start. That's how it all started. Yeah. What about pushback from family or spouse or, you know, like how did you manage that and them to be behind you in this? Because I was there one time and most people have to make that leap, you know, at some time. And it's difficult if you don't have support, you know, especially in the home or family or close friends. What was that like for you? In my case, it was pretty much a no-brainer. Why? Because our situation was screaming change. And the way I had the change coming was that. That's it. That was the answer. So everybody said, do it. You know, go for it. Except for the people, of course, who worked with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So how did you know who to listen to and who not to there? I guess your situation was screaming change. So it was like anything. We just have to try something, right? Simple answer. I listened to myself, meaning it was at that point already, it was an inner, sometimes the inner voice is weak. At that point, my inner voice was screaming in my head in a way that it's like everything else, everybody else was saying, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You have no experience, et cetera, all those things. It was already noise. It's noise, cancel the noise, mute, goodbye, go forward. And that was it. From that point, it was not a picnic, I can tell you that. Meaning from there to get to where I became a CEO and to lead all these deals that I led, that was already a different business. Was that a good option to say, you know, get hired by this other company? How did that work out? Is that something you would recommend? You know, for somebody that's like brand new getting into real estate, was that a good option? No, it's a great question. The answer is no. I did the wrong thing by not knowing how to do it. Okay, that's why today I coach and preach differently because I went to the only thing I knew, meaning everybody said, big company, go, can I sell? A sales job would put you in the place where if you want it, that's great. If you want to be a broker or you want to be a marketer of condo developments or single family homes or that kind of stuff, a residential, the residential side of things, great, do it. But that was not my passion. And it took me about two and a half years to realize, oh my gosh, this is wrong. Because at a certain point, I went into sale, meaning I had a week with moguls, people who had a lot of money, and I had to sell those penthouses, luxury condos, and was set up all in Manhattan. And I'm sitting down with those guys. And that week changed my life because I sat with the first guy and he's telling me he's not he's interested in all that stuff. And I'm saying, okay, what do you do? So he's telling me, I do M&A. Okay, second day, a guy who does, you know, who buys lots and builds buildings, it builds, you know, a condo development and office buildings. And he tells me about that. And the last day I met a guy who until today I'm in touch with, was the coolest thing. Comes a young guy, just a little older than me with the suit. It's like, has the swag. He walks in and I'm trying to sell him this apartment. And he's like telling me after five minutes, he's telling me, okay, stop talking. I'm like, what? He says, stop talking, I'm buying it. I told him, okay, it's a million dollar condo. So you say, cool, I got it. It's a good deal. Finished. So I'm like, what do you do for a living? So I said, do you really want to know what I do? He said, come to my office. I came to his office a couple of days after. He shows me all these pictures, you know, in this, or he has a fund. That was the first time I got 
introduced to this concept called OPM, other people's money and syndication, and how you can actually get investors to come in and how you make mega million dollar deals or even smaller deals, doesn't matter. And he has multifamily all across the US. And that's how I said, that's it. That's what I want to do. That started a new journey. So to answer your question back, what I would tell people to do is not that. The starter point would be to get a job at a corporation or a medium size. It doesn't have to be a huge size because they will hire only Ivy League people. But to start with a medium sized company and to say, I can go and do, be an expediter if it comes to development or be, be a part of management to get introduced to this concept, to go and visit sites, visit properties, see how it works, be a part of the organization. That would be the first dip that I should have done. But that's what I would tell people. No, uh, either way, you didn't let it stop you and you kept going. You found the next thing, you know, and you kept pushing through. Tell me about, you know, okay, you you met this group, you learned about, you know, this thing called syndication, right, in commercial real estate and just their scale, you know, in the U.S. And just so the listeners know, you know, you're in Israel right now, you know, as we do the interview, but you're doing deals in the U.S., correct? Is that right? Yes, So, you know, speak to the next few steps that you took to develop your own business and start doing deals in the U.S., even though you're in Israel. So I think that the next phase was educating myself. The second I found out this is what I want to do, I realized that, okay, I know real estate, I know construction, I know all that stuff, but you got to know your numbers. And I remember reading that article at the time with all those real estate moguls, and that was this article said, you know, with a guy who never went to school, never did this. And he's like, he owns a huge company. And he wrote there, you got to know your numbers. That's the first thing you have to do. There are many other things that you have to know, but that, sure. that's the benchmark. And that drove me basically to learn that. And how did you educate yourself? How did you learn the numbers amongst other things? You know what? The hard way. At the time, there weren't any, meaning you're talking about about 10 years ago, not, not 10 years ago, you're talking about eight years ago. Online courses were not that available. And I went to a family friend and he said, hey, go to NYU Shack. It's a great school. And I'm like, I know it's a great school, but it costs a lot of money. And I'm flying back and forth. I work in America. I live in Israel. I go back and forth. I used to live, by the way, in New York prior to that. But by that time, I have five kids. I'm flying back and forth. How in the world am I going to do this? So I couldn't find any other way. So to answer your question, what I did one of the guys that I was dealing with actually said, listen, do you want to help us raise capital? You know, people, you know, help me connect and, you know, you'll get a cut and all that stuff. So I said, cool, send me what you got. I'll show it. So I'm getting this PDF and I'm like, how do you read this thing? Damn. So the analyst said, listen, I'm going to send you the Excel sheet. Tell me if you have any questions. So I took the Excel sheet during the day, I spoke to people. Nighttime, I just went on the computer And I started looking from each box in the Excel, where this is coming from, where is this coming from, and ask questions. Put questions, Mark. What is this? What is that? That's how I learned the hard way. But once I knew that and I created relationships, that was the next step of my career, which I became a head of real estate investment banking, one of the biggest finance firms here. And, you know, it's basically a global firm. But I started dealing with U.S. deals and started, you know, being exposed to all asset classes. And I would say that was the real step in. And from that point, I just went forward. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 